You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, the Monster, and I'm back to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, Part 4. We don't want to say Episode 4, it's just Part 4. We start off with Obi-Wan getting his, his butt handed to him, literally, on fire. And basically, he's being medevaced to a back to tank. So he is there to heal. One of the cool things that I liked about this scene is how it's intercut with Anakin also in the back to tank. There seems to be some kind of weird back to tank fetish <laughs> all of a sudden. Because if you saw the book of Boba Fett, it was a lot of back to. <laughs> And here is like another thing, but you know, Kenobi is getting into the mix with this. I'm like, eh, I hope this is not a, a long term thing. But in any case, we move on from that moment to Reva interrogating Leia, which you know I feel bad for the kid because Leia is going to be spending a lot of time in prisons, and she needs to be uh, able to handle that kind of stuff or be more familiar with the procedures and what's going to happen. Because it seems to be like it's an ongoing thing with her. Flashback to now we have Obi-Wan back out of the back to tank. And he's trying to come up with a rescue plan with the people there to figure out something. And he mentions that they had a couple of T-47s. Which, when I first heard this, I didn't think about it until later on as to what it was. So the second time that I watched, I, I looked it up and I'm like, oh... The snow speeders, that's what they refer to as the T 47s. I had no idea. I mean, I know the T 16, the Skyhopper, which, you know, we'll talk about that later with Luke, but I've never referred those ships as the T 47s. As me being a dork and a nerd, I had a question as to why they were there. And the, the ships that we see in Kenobi are not the exact same speeders or the snow speeders that we saw in empire strikes back those were adopted for the hot climate and because of the heat exchange of the machines themselves they would not operate properly they were able to insulate the engines to help take care of that i guess heat coolant ratio or heat exchange to the point where by doing that it lessened the 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 flight capabilities of those crafts, meaning they could be over some of the ground and fly that way, but they would not be true flyers that can go out, you know, above in the clouds or anything like that. These are just kind of like low level crafts of that nature. But with that said, when we get to the end of this episode, I had a question about do the T-47s act this way? Because it kind of, if it did, it kind of, takes things out of a, a certain um, prospect, so to speak. Um, and again, I'll get to that in a moment. So Tala is able to break in into the Quisentorius, Torius, 
whatever, <laughs> using her credentials, still being valid, so to speak, and was able to kind of worm her way in, so to speak, into security gate. And she logs into like a workstation. And I, again, I, I question as to who said, sure, go ahead and do this. Meaning she logs in and she's talking to her comm mic or comm link in her hand. And there's another officer like less than six feet on the exact same workstation just looking at her. I was like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, that's not how you get to be a spy by being that obvious. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So moving on from that, Obi-Wan is able to go underwater and go up the inquisitorious opening, whatever it is in the ocean, which, like, whatever. And he is guided by Tala, and he comes into this long cavernous hallway where we see a lot of these window displays that have, like, I guess, Force-sensitive or Jedi bodies in there. I was wondering about the yellow stuff. I'm like, it's like, is this like Jurassic Park in which they're encased in like some kind of weird amber fluid? And like, is it something to the fact like their DNA will be extracted out of them? And I did a little research and I'm like, it's kind of like that. Because if remember from the Mandalorian, Grogu was being uh, harvested for his abilities using his DNA. So these unfortunates look like they're being done the exact same way. Because honestly, when we find that little kid, the youngling, I'm not sure and not saying that it's the exact same kid that jumped when Anakin lit up the lightsaber. That one. I don't think it's the exact same one. Because that would be messed up if that's the exact same kid 10 years ago. But in any case, it's kind of weird. They don't elaborate. So I did a little research, and that's what I was able to find. And I'm like, all right, all right, fair enough. As he continues, Obi-Wan you know, rescues Leia, and there's only two guards that, that are there. Considering how he got his ass kicked from Vader... I didn't think he would be kind of up to the task of wielding a lightsaber to the point where he's going to do this to break her out. You know, he can easily use subterfuge to kind of like trick the, the stormtroopers to think of another way or go a different direction or something and then sneak her out. I would have thought the line that Obi-Wan delivers to Luke when they're on the Death Star, he says, there are alternatives to fighting. This could have been that. But that's just me thinking way too much about something that should have been there. But he just goes at it and just takes out a couple of stormtroopers and nothing's much more is done about that. Like, no one monitors anything that goes on. I mean, come on, that, that doesn't make sense. In that same process, Tala gets kind of called out, so to speak, because some other guy asks for her credentials and they go off screen. And then within the exact same room that's nearby, they get to a little fisticuffs, and then she knocks him out, and she goes back to the workstation, and then there you go. She all of a sudden gets busted. I wonder why, talking into your comm link and talking like as if you're not doing your job. In any case, she gets arrested. They don't put her in any kind of handcuffs, wrist cuffs, 
whatever, to just let her, you know, being escorted by two stormtroopers. And the lamest thing is her hitting the two troopers in their face. Like, literally, it is like, that was the best option for your action sequence to make that look good. That was the best take. God damn, that's how we're going to get out of this situation. By just moving the, the helmet slightly askewed so the stormtroopers can't look straight out. And then take one of their guns and then shoot them both at point blank range. Woof. The other thing, moving on, is that as Obi-Wan is running with Leia, we do get a scene in which they're kind of stuck in a hallway, but they're down underneath the water and they got these glass viewports in this hallway. And of course, stormtroopers suck because they can't shoot right. And I don't know who shot the window, but one of the laser bolts hit the window. So I don't know if it was deflected or whatever. At one point, we see Obi-Wan. I don't know if he was trying to restrain the cracks from going any further, or he was just causing the strain of the cracks to go even further to then flood the hallway and those poor stormtroopers drown in their helmets. And I felt really bad that that happened. Wait. There's more as Tala and Obi-Wan and Leia reunite to plan their escape. What do they do? Let's hide Leia in Obi-Wan's trench coat. That's not going to look awkward at all. And I'm like, you're kidding me. You could have had like two seven-year-olds climb on top of each other with a trench coat and look more believable getting into a rated R movie than that scene, considering how close to every stormtrooper and every officer was in view of them walking, which I'm like, I can't believe they let that happen. It is so bad. And then as they were about to leave, which I don't think they had a ship at this point, Reva comes out. It's like traitor. I'm like, yeah, but I like that better in force awakens. And this one sucked. Because that traitor scene against Finn, I love that scene a lot. Like One of the few things that I'm like, oh, a stormtrooper going after someone with a lightsaber and standing up to them. That was fantastic. Well, it's here, not so much. But in any case, then we get the T-47s coming in. Okay, they're taking out whatever officers and clearing some room for our heroes to escape. One lands, and then they're able to get inside. And then another T-47 is kind of at an angle and hovering, and they're shooting at Riva, and I'm like, no, no, no. The Snowspeeders or the T-47 should not be hovering, because if that was the case, they could have had not that issue on Hoth. They could have just sat right behind the AT-AT and just shot them up the ass, unless... They lost the hover ability because they adapted the T-47 slash the Snowspeeders on Hoth. If that's the case, fine. But again, considering what we know of that speeder and it hovering like that, it just makes no logic. Considering how much I love the damn Snowspeeder and how that Hoth battle sequence is one of my all-time favorite moments of all of Star Wars. Like, if any video game, that's what I want to play. That. More than anything else. And T-47, the Snowspeeders, one of my favorite ships of all time. 
All right. So enough of me uh, talking about that. It gets even worse. So Bader comes in and does a force choke of Reva and lifts her up. And what the hell is with that angle? Her cape is nice and straight. And then her her body is like at a 45 degree angle. And I'm like, did they not fix the wire work? Or, you know, something's happening and, and it's painful to have it the other way. But that is one of the most awkward force chokes I've ever seen. And then they put her back down because she said she put a tracking device on Lola. Which, again, reading up, is like, you gave Vader a great idea to do later on in A New Hope, in which you put a tracking device on the Millennium Falcon to lead them back to the Rebel base, because Reva did it with Lola. All right, fine, we'll, we'll just go with that. But seriously, I, I thought about this, and I was going to think about, like, Vader does not deal with incompetence he, I think, was an Admiral Pietz that force choked the hell out of him from coming too close from light speed or hyperspace, whatever the term is, I forget, coming to Hoth. Here, Riva is a hot mess, and he let her live. I don't... Granted, he's only been Vader for 10 years, but in those 10 years, something happens and he becomes even meaner. I don't know. But I don't think at this point that's one of his characteristics that he's still trying to figure out who Vader is. No, I think he knows who's, who Vader is. But the shortcomings of Vader doing Vader things doesn't seem very fearful. That's that's my only argument with this point. But again, Vader's only Vadering for 10 years. But he's, you know, he doesn't have those 10,000 hours to become a master uh, of himself, so to speak and expertise of being a Sith Lord. So, I don't know. I just thought that was just kind of weird. It didn't fit with what I know of Vader. But then again, this is early Vader, I guess. All right, so that's it. That's end of part four. And that's going to end it right now because there's no need to beat it anymore to death because it's a hot mess. On that note, thank you very much for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. Hey, Dad. What's the Soul Forge podcast? The Soul Forge podcast is all about life, the universe, and everything. Is it good for kids? Oh, no. It's not good for kids. Is it geeky? Oh, it can be geeky, but it can also be serious. We talk about life, sex, dating, and mental health, and so much more. Where can you find a Soul Forge podcast? You can find it everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek.